Scripture reading this morning comes from James chapter 1, verses 19 through 27. James writes, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness that God requires. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. May God bless the reading of his word. Does anybody know what this is? My kids can't answer. But does anyone know what this is? Google Home, that's right. This is, a, this is a little device that's becoming more and more popular. Uh, or you may have heard of Alexa. Amazon has Alexa. Google has Google Home. And these are digital assistants. Okay? Digital assistants. And one of my kids received one of these recently as a present. And the way these things work is they connect to your internet through Wi-Fi. Okay? And uh, they're able to hear your voice and then respond to you. They're actually able to assist you, do things for you. So you can say, you know, hey Google, what's the weather going to be like today? And it'll say, well, the weather is going to be high of 55 degrees, low of 35 degrees. Or you could say, uh, hey Google, play How Great Thou Art. And it'll find the song through the internet or in your song list and it'll play it for you because it's also a speaker. Uh, you can say, well, hey, Google, what's the, what's the capital of North Carolina? And it'll find it and share it with you. So you kids are thinking, man, I need one of those things. <laughs> Test day, I need one of those things real quick. Mom, help me get one of these things. Uh, you can also hook this device up to your lights, your air conditioner, your heater. Uh, and so you can say, hey, Google, turn my living room lights off. Or, hey, Google, turn the heat up. And it'll actually do these things for you pretty amazing or alexa you know order these things off amazon for me it'll do it it will assist you it will do it for you it's pretty pretty amazing um you know hearing and doing is really what makes these things helpful they can hear you and then they can do what you ask them to do which is pretty helpful and now as i was reading this passage that we're looking at today i noticed that james is a big fan of hearing and doing now i don't know if he would like one of these Google Homes or Alexas or digital assistants. I'm not sure if he would want one of those things. But I do know this. He's all about hearing and doing. So I think he would like at least that part of it. Um, but he would tell us, I think, as he's brushed up on this new technology, I think James would tell us, you know, but instead of focusing on what we want someone to do for us or something to do for us, we, wish, we should be concerned as followers of Jesus. What does Jesus want us to do? 
So instead of saying, you know, hey, Google, do this for me, we should be saying, hey, Jesus, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do with my life? What is the vision you have for my life? Because that's what I want to do. So we should be willing to hear what God says to us and be willing to do it. James is all about hearing and doing. Look with me at James 1.18. He says this. He says, of his own will, he's talking about God. So of God's own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creation. So we were brought into a relationship with God by the word of God. We were brought into God's family by hearing and receiving the word of truth, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then in verses 19 and 20, James says, know this, my my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, when you hear these verses, uh, at first glance, you probably think that James is giving us tips on how to improve our communication skills, which, you know, may be true. You know, God gave us two ears, one mouth for a reason, perhaps to listen more than we speak uh, and not get angry or frustrated with people so easily. And although this this wisdom is true and it'll help us in our communication skills, I don't think this is primarily what James is talking about in this verse. In these verses, in verse 18, for example, which I read just a few moments ago, he tells us that we've been brought forth by the by the word of truth. By God's word, we've been brought into a relationship with God by God's word. And I believe James is telling us that if we're going to be the people God wants us to be, then we must continue to listen to the same word that brought us to life. And so not a general, you know, be quick to hear, but be quick to hear what God says for you to be and to do. And so we must consider God's vision for our lives. What does he want us to do? What does he want us to be? We must be quick to hear his word and we must be slow to speak. In other words, we should be slow in telling what other people should be doing. But rather, we should be looking at our own lives and ask ourselves, am I doing what God wants me to be doing? So we need to be slow to speak and tell what everybody else should be doing. We should first look at ourselves and consider, am I doing what God wants me to do? You know, Jesus said it like this in Matthew 7, verse 3. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a big log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Instead of getting frustrated and angry with those who are not obeying the Lord, consider whether or not you are obeying the Lord. So first, let's be quick to hear God's word and put it in practice into our lives. And we must be mindful that uh, this is how the righteousness of God is put on display. I mean, think about it. You know, is it is it through the wrath of man, or is it through obeying God's word that the righteousness of God is put on display? James is saying, "Well, it's, it's by obeying God's word, doing what the Lord would have you to do." And so, instead of 
considering what we want to do, we should be saying, hey, Jesus, what do you want for my life? What do you want me to do? How do you want me to respond in this situation to this person so that your character will be manifested here? And then James continues to make his argument in verses 22 through 25. He says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once he forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So let's say, you know, before you eat lunch, you go to the restroom to wash your hands, right? Which is a good idea because everybody's getting the flu. Everybody's getting sick. So, you know, bring your gallon of hand sanitizer or whatever you need to do. But you're going to the restroom. You're going to wash your hands before lunch. So you're in there washing your hands. And so you look up at the mirror and you notice you have this big smudge of something on your cheek. And so you kind of grin. And then as you grin, you notice you have this big piece of food stuck in your teeth. And you're just kind of smiling. You realize also your hair is sticking up in the back. Not intentionally. Like you don't want it to stick up in the back. Some of you may want it to stick up, but let's pretend like you don't. And so this is a, this is a situation you're in. You're kind of laughing, you're chuckling about it, but you're looking at the mirror. You got this stuff all over your face. You got food in your teeth. Your hair is sticking up. So what are you going to do when you finish drying your hands? Are you just going to walk out of the bathroom like nothing's wrong? Probably not. I mean, you're probably going to say, you know, well, let me, after I dry my hands off, let me see if I get the smudge off my face. Fish this piece of food out of my teeth. <laughs> you know, maybe comb my hair down, brush my hair down, uh, make myself look presentable. You know, you're trying to get yourself straight. Um, and that's the beauty of a mirror. It shows you the way you are, what you look like, so that you can address and correct any issues you may see, whether you've got some all over your face or in your teeth or on your hair, or whatever it may be. So in a similar way, James is saying this type of correction and change is a sign of authentic faith in Jesus. James is saying that if you think that you're a growing Christian because you attend church services and Bible studies, then you're deceiving yourself. It doesn't matter how much Bible you hear or read if all you do is hear it. In a similar way, the mirror is no help to you at all. If you allow it to show you what's going on in here, and you walk out and you don't address it. It shows you 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 have the smudge, you have the food in your teeth, your hair is sticking up. But if you don't do anything about it, the mirror doesn't help you. And in a similar way, the Bible is no help to you if you don't allow it to show the areas in your life that need correcting. And so when we hear a sermon attend a Bible story, study, or read our Bibles, we should be saying, you know, Jesus, is there anything in my life that needs correcting? I mean, is there anything in my life that doesn't line up with your vision for me? Is there anything that needs to change? Is there anything you want me to give attention to? I mean, think of it like this. Is anyone in here a a sculptor? You like to sculpt? Okay, I got one in the back. Uh, I'm not a sculptor, but sculptors fascinate me. You know, how, how someone can picture what they want to create in their mind and then take a piece of material and carve that image into that p- 
piece of material is amazing. I just recently saw this picture of a large dead tree, huge tree. And 20 sculptors sculpted this massive lion out of this tree trunk. Massive. And it was just phenomenal. It's fantastic. How did they how did they do that? It just blows me away. You know, the detail, the decisions of what must stay and what must go and how deep do I need to carve this, you know, image into the tree? It all amazes me. Even though someone once said that sculpting is the easiest thing in the world to do. It's, the, it's really the easiest thing. Because all you need to do is take a big chunk of marble, take a hammer, take a chisel, make up your mind what you want to create, and then chip off all the marble you don't want. That's all you got to do. So if you want to make a, a lion out of this huge tree trunk, all you have to do is take a hammer and a chisel and then just chip away everything that's not the lion. It's that simple. I'm like, yeah, easier said than done. Why don't you go try that? You know, see how it pans out. You got to have the skill. You got to know what you're looking at and know how to do it. And so I think James is telling us, you know, God is the greatest artist. He's the, he's the greatest of all sculptors. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's trying to bring about. And the Bible says that as we follow Jesus, we are being transformed into his likeness. You know, he's bringing out this image. He's bringing out his image in us more and more. And the difference between the piece of marble, though, or the old tree trunk and us is that we actually get to participate in the process. Whereas the marble just sits there and is hacked on. We actually get to participate in the transformation process. And James is saying that the way we participate in becoming the person God wants us to be is by saying, Jesus, tell me what needs to be chipped away in my life. Show me what you want me to be. Show me what you want me to do. And then I will do it. That is how we participate in the becoming, this transformation that God is undertaking in our lives. And this is what it means to not only be a hearer of the word, but to be a doer of the word. And I wonder, you know, can you remember the last time that you experienced change in your life? I mean, has anything changed in your life this year? Last year? I mean, are you different this year than you were last year? Around the middle of January? Or have you heard sermon after sermon, Bible study after Bible study, and it's just gone in one, one ear and out the other? I mean, has change take place? I, are you a doer of the Word and not a hearer only? You know, a disciple of Jesus is a growing follower of Jesus. And to grow means you must change. And so are you growing? Are you changing? Or are you just hearing? You know, James ends this chapter with an example of what it does not look like to be a doer. And then with an example of what it does look like to be a doer of the word. Look at verses 26 and 27. He says, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives, him, deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So he starts with an example of how not to be a doer of the word. 
He says that if you think by simply saying the right things, you know, just saying the right things in a church service or some religious ceremony is God's vision for you, then you're deceiving yourself. You know, if you think just playing and singing the right notes or using proper grammar or dressing a certain way or saying certain prayers in a worship service is pure religion, then you have misunderstood what it means to be a follower of Jesus. You know, one commentator said it this way. He says, all, through, all throughout history, men have tried to make ritual and liturgy, liturgy a substitute for sacrifice and service. We've tried to make ritual and liturgy a substitute for sacrifice and service. They have made religion splendid within the church at the expense of neglecting it outside the church. In other words, he's saying just what James is saying. There are hearers, hearers only, not doers. And although these things may help us in our walk with the Lord, pure and undefiled religion is when a life is changed by the Word of God. It's changed by God's Word. This is what it means to be a doer of the Word. It's to be changed. It's to be sculpted by God into the person He wants you to be. It means to to be a conduit of God's love. To be used by the Lord to impact the lives of others for good. You know, James gives an example of this in verse 27. He says, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this. To visit orphans and widows in their affliction. And to keep oneself unstained from the world. So a life changed by the gospel. A doer of the word. Is someone who gives of himself or herself. For the good of others and pursues God's vision for their lives. So we give of ourselves to others for their good and we pursue God's vision for our lives. Now, I don't believe that James is limiting our visitation or our ministry only to widows and orphans. But I do believe he's using two of the most obvious examples of people we should minister to, you know, especially in the first century. Uh, two of the most vulnerable groups in society were those who had lost their husbands because of a very patriarchal society. So widows were very vulnerable and often had great need. And orphans, those who had no parents, were often in great need. So I would say out of all the people in the first century, two of the most uh, vulnerable groups were the widows and orphans. And so what James is saying is that being doers of the word... <coughs> And I think he's using these two most vulnerable groups to say, if, you, if your life has been changed by the gospel and you want to help those in need and you want to show love to those and come alongside those and help and love those who may have needs, surely then you will help the most vulnerable. Surely you would be helping the oppressed, the most vulnerable, those who have the greatest needs among you. And you would visit them. In other words, meaning you will seek to help those. You will take a personal interest in them. And you will express loving concern and care for them. In other words, your faith will be very tangible to them. You will come alongside them. And you will help them in some tangible way. You will visit them. Minister to them. Love them. 
And this is what happens when we become doers of the word and not hearers only. Our faith becomes very tangible. Especially to those who are in need. The vulnerable among us. And so this morning, you know, God may be showing you some things in your life that needs to change. You know, His vision for you is this. And you realize, you know what? Some of these pieces need to be lopped off and tweaked and smoothed out in order to fit God's vision for me. And will you say, you know, Jesus, is there any area of my life that you want to change? Is there any area of my life that doesn't line up with your vision for me? Because God has a vision for your life. He's the master sculptor. Will you respond to his vision and participate in the change? Will you be a doer of the word and not a hearer only? Will you allow your faith to be tangible? Let us pray. Father, this is our desire. Lord, we want to be the people you want us to be. Lord, you are the great artist. You're the great sculptor. And you call us to participate in this process of change as you seek to carve and convict and challenge and encourage and mold us and make us into the person, to the people you want us to be. Lord, we just open up our lives to you now. We just ask your spirit to show us areas of our lives that you want us to bring about change, correction by your power. Lord, help us to be honest about the smudges on our face and the food in our teeth and our hair sticking up. And Lord, help us to walk away from the mirror And give attention to it by your strength, by your power within us. Help us to bring about change in our lives. And do what you're calling us to do. Be the people you want us to be. As we seek to show your love to those around us, especially those in great need. And pursue personal holiness. Pursue the vision you have for our lives. God, may we be open, available, teachable uh, to what you want to do in our lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.